Hello, everyone, and welcome to the true crime podcast, Southwest Crime. We are your hosts, Lauren Manguso. And Justin Whitmore. And today we've got a special, different kind of show for you. Um, We decided to sort of spice it up, you know, get out of the monotony of things. And to be quite honest, I just really didn't have time to research an entire episode for this. So we decided we're going to do something a little bit different. It's called the Wine, Dine, and True Crime. And um, I don't know if this is something that you guys know, but Justin and I both love to cook. It's yeah. something we do often. Pastime. Um, yeah, it's our pastime. We we are pretty well known. When Game of Thrones was on, every single Sunday we would make a Game of Thrones themed meal. We had the cookbook, and oh. we would go all out. Yeah, we went so, crazy. So it's a, it's a thing. So we wanted to kind of incorporate that into our true crime podcast as well. So um, the food that we have chosen for today is going to be a hand-tossed pepperoni pizza with pineapples and jalapenos. And pepperoni. I said pepperoni. Oh. It's a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Sorry, I was focusing on the door was open because oh, gotcha. the animals. There, that is a uh, favorite in our household. And if you don't think that pineapple belongs on a pizza, you can just see your way out of this room right now because mm-hmm. we don't want to hear it. Um, and it's delicious and it's perfect on pizza. It's amazing. Justin used to work at a pizza place many years ago, so he actually knows how to make crust legitimately <laughs> instead of just throwing things together and hoping it works. That's usually how I cook those. I just yellow it. I'm just like, this seasoning would be good in there. Looks how great. much should I put? That much. Perfect. So that's what we're having today. And the wine of choice is going to be Riesling from Ugh. Chateau St. Michel. Um, I know uh, you don't like Riesling. I don't mind Riesling. It's okay. I don't okay. like white wine in general. I don't really lo- love it either, but you know what? This is the only thing that I had, so we are going to go with it. All right. Um, yeah, so the structure for this is going to be a little bit different than usual. We're basically just going to chill, eat some food, drink some wine, and have a discussion about a true crime topic. Um, I haven't done really any research like I would usually do for an episode because we're kind of going to freestyle it. Just have a conversation, see what you know, talk about things, not be as formal. Um, Today's topic that we are talking about is the oh-so-appropriate Southwest crime of the JonBenet Ramsey case. And if you were alive during the early 90s, you know exactly what I'm talking about because there wasn't a newspaper or a news station Mm -hmm. on the planet that wasn't talking about this little girl's murder. So... Uh, that is our discussion for today, and we're about to go take the pizza out of the oven, and we'll be back here after the theme song. We got our pizza, got our wine. Let's talk some true crime, huh? So let's maybe start off because you're a lot younger than I am. Not a lot, but mm-hmm. four years. You weren't really super old when this happened. What do you remember the most about the John Benet Ramsey case? Um, I actually don't really remember anything from it. Really? <clears throat> the first time I learned about it was a few years ago when I listened to. Uh, episode of last podcast on the left um Mm -hmm. and they covered it in pretty great detail yeah that's all that's all i knew about it well let's see i was six Mm -hmm. when it happened and i just remember like seeing it all over the news all, every time we would go stand in line at the grocery store, there's nothing but like John Bonet scandals and, you know, stuff like that. And I also thought this was pretty crazy, but she was the same age as me. So she would be 30 this year, yep. which is nuts because mm-hmm. I always see her as this like perpetual little girl because obviously she was murdered when she was six. Right. So it was a little, 
a little weird. Um, I do remember that the crime happened on December 26th. It was 1996. It was the day after Christmas. And they had done a whole bunch of stuff. Went to a friend's house for Christmas the day before. Yeah. All that jazz. Wasn't um, she in like... So, she was in... Um... Child beauty pageants, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. That was a huge thing for her because her her family was really put on the chopping block when this investigation was going down about how they think that her, her mom was, like, over-sexualizing her. And it's like, okay, like, I'm not a huge fan of child beauty pageants to begin with just because I think they're ridiculous yeah. and stupid. But... I don't know. Like, if you saw pictures of her, she looked like an... They made her look like an adult for sure. But I don't know that I would think well, she was, like, over-sexualized. Have we talked about child beauty pageants on here before? No. Okay. I don't remember where I talked about it then. But, like, <laughs> I've I've had this conversation with people before. Um, I actually met uh, a young girl and her family when, like, they were friends of friends. And we were at, like, a friend's house for, uh, like, dinner and party kind of thing. Like, I think it was a... Big football wet. game party. I can't say the name of the football game because it's copyrighted. Mm. But you know the one, the championship. Mm. It happens every year in February. So we're over there and like I met. Are you talking about the super. The superb play, owl. The, the superb owl. I yeah. found that subreddit the other day. I was yeah. laughing my ass off. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so I met her and her family and she, she also like. She raced, like, BMX bikes, and she, like, helped her dad work on cars, and she did all this stuff. But she also did child beauty pageants. Mm -hmm. And her parents were, like, they were asking her questions about it. Because they're, like, isn't that kind of, like, weird? Like, isn't it kind of... And they were, like, here's the thing. She came to us and said she wanted to do it. It's not like we're pushing her to do this thing, first off. Second off, <clears throat> yeah, you put a wig on them. Yeah, they have fake teeth. Yeah, they wear makeup. Yeah, they wear dresses. It's called flippers, Justin whatever i don't know <laughs> but anyway they like wear all those things and they go it's part of the equipment she plays football too she wears a helmet and pads and cleats that's part of it you're not yelling at us for having her play football but she we put a wig on her and she gets makeup and dances and everyone's like oh you're exploiting your children you're over sexual you're doing this you're doing that it's just part of the equipment it's just how it goes it's kind of weird and creepy like the whole industry yes but I don't think every parent who has their children do these beauty pageants is evil or bad. No, or... I don't think so. I mean, say what you will about the whole Honey Boo Boo family, but, mm -hmm. like, she definitely was not being over-sexualized. Her parents were basically, like, letting her do what she wanted to do because she wanted to do it. Exactly. Now, are they all fucking crazy? Absolutely. But, you know what? It's not... I don't know. Like, it, it just depends. With everything, you can take it too far. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the point that they were getting at. With this case, because Patsy Ramsey used to be a former beauty queen back in uh, West Virginia. She was obviously much younger than her husband, so we all know what kind of situation that was. Right. Um, and she was kind of living vicariously through John Bennet. She had these really, you know, her dad, um, John Bennett Ramsey, made a ton of money. I mean, these people were millionaires. Yeah. Crazy expensive houses. Well, he worked for uh, Boeing, right? No, he didn't or work for Boeing. was it Lockheed Boeing. Martin? He worked for... I know he worked for a government contractor because there's a lot of conspiracy theories about this and of, like, why she was killed and they think, like, the government did it. And blah, blah. He worked for a computer company in Colorado. That's right. It wasn't... I don't know who it was. It was a well-known company, yeah. though. He, I mean, to give you some perspective, his Christmas bonus that year was $119,000. Exactly. Can you imagine? <laughs> And that was back in 96. Like, that is a crazy amount of money. So they weren't hurting for money whatsoever. They had this gigantic mansion. They lived up in Boulder, Colorado. So, you know, that's kind of like a nicer area to be in. And he, you know, she just kind of um, had JonBenet, like, go through this stuff and live vicariously through her. Some people said that JonBenet was totally cool and happy with being a pageant queen. Other people were like, oh, she was being forced to do it. I don't know. You can't really ask the poor girl at this point. But uh, I don't know if that had too much into it. I think people in the media just really liked to overplay the fact that she was quote-unquote sexualized. And they think that, like, a pedophile had something to do with it. But Okay. So he worked for Access Graphics, and that was a 
computer service company and a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin. So it Got was it. partially Lockheed Martin. Okay. That's why that's where I was getting that from. <clears throat> but that's why there's a bunch of government conspiracy theories and oh, she was murdered because he wasn't playing along or because he was like trying to expose government secrets or something. Because I, I did hear a conspiracy theory about this case that he knew something about 9-11 was going to happen and he was trying to prevent it, so they killed her to keep him quiet. There's that conspiracy theory. That doesn't make theory. sense. Why don't they just kill him then? Conspiracy <laughs> theories. If you want more about conspiracy theories, Stranger Dangerous is about to do a conspiracy theory shameless series. Shameless plug here. <laughs> what do you mean shameless plug? We're part of the same <laughs> podcast network. That's true. This is a Strangely <laughs> Dangerous production. That um, is very true. But yeah, like like that's, I guess I could cover one of those that conspiracy, maybe tie it into this episode. Um, obviously, your child gets murdered. There's going to be a million headlines, especially because if no one truly knows what happened, that imagination runs wild. The yeah. media runs crazy with it. Yeah, and they were kind of I don't want to say they were outcasts because they obviously had very many friends, but they were very um, different from the people in Boulder. Like when you think of Boulder, we've covered stuff in Colorado before. Mm-hmm. It's a very like earthy town, very like I don't want to say hippie cuz not everybody there's a hippie, but it's very natural. They're mm-hmm. really into their crystals and yoga and that's cool. Like that's your jam. But and they cores. And, and cores, yeah. But these guys were from Georgia, uh Atlanta. So you've got the south, mm-hmm. very proper, very prim, you know, people in Colorado, they love to chill in their like comfortable gear and they're like I'm going hiking outfits and Patsy mm-hmm. Ramsey was like always dressed to the nines, hair and makeup perfect, talked with her southern drawl, like she they were very proper south. So oh, bless your heart. Yeah, so it was a very different feeling for them to be there and they they always said that they kind of felt like outsiders when they first moved there. Yeah. So I don't know. So the family, in case you guys aren't aware of this, was uh, John Benet, who was the little girl. Uh, there was Patsy Ramsey, who was her mother. There was John, who was the father. And there was Burke, who was John Benet's older brother. Mm-hmm. And I want to say he was like three or four years older than her. Like it wasn't a significant difference, but <clears throat> he'll play into it in a little bit. So as I was saying, uh, the crime happened on December 26th, and basically what went down that day was Patsy Ramsey claims that she woke up that morning after Christmas, got up, put on the same clothes that she wore the day before. She walked down the back staircase of their house, and on that staircase, she found a note. The note was like a five-page long ransom note Mm -hmm. saying that they had taken John Bonet, that they were a group of individuals who were, I can't remember the verbiage for this. I just watched a documentary on it not too long ago, but basically they were like out to get the company that John worked for. They were like a terrorist group. Yeah. They were like claiming themselves to be like a terrorist group. It was basically like the diehard style terrorist group where there's like 10 of them and they all go to the building (laughs) and you take out all 10 and they're like, oh. We didn't. That didn't work that well. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was something like that. But anyway, she gets this ransom note, and their first weird thing to come up here is she says that on the ransom note they wanted a, I think it was a hundred nineteen thousand dollars, like the exact amount mm-hmm. of John's Christmas bonus that year. And it raises a lot of eyebrows for people when they got to this because they're like, how would they know how much he had? I heard that he had left his pay stub out on the counter. And the theory is, we'll get into this later, but the theory is someone broke in, saw the pay stub and went, oh, I was just going to rob them, but how could I get that money? And John Bonet was like downstairs getting a glass of water or some crap. And they ran into her and they were like, oh, I'll leave a ransom note for the daughter, and they'll just pay me this $119,000 because I know they have it for sure because mm-hmm. this is the pay stub for his bonus. I That's one of the theories that, like, I heard that one of the leads police went on when they were, like, investigating this case because they were like, yeah, it's on, it was on the counter open, and he was like, I didn't leave it out open, so. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that one before, but 
I didn't do a ton of research. I've just, I've, I've read and watched many documentaries on John Bonet, but I haven't refreshed myself in months. So yeah. I don't really remember the details of this one. But, um, <clears throat> so also on this ransom note, it specifically says, do not call the police. And he was going to call them at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So what's the first thing she does? She calls the police. Mm hmm which is like, okay, fine. Actually, I think the first thing she did was start screaming, and then John came down, explained it, and then they collaborated a 911 call. Mm -hmm. And the police yeah. came out. Um, but then here's here's the one thing that started to well, kind of bungle the situation. Before you get there. Yeah. I've actually heard the 911 call. Oh, me too, and yeah. it does sound suspicious where she's just kind of like, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, my daughter is, uh, missing. They're like, okay, what happened? Uh, there's a note and, uh, and she's just like, kind of like, it sounds like she's bullshitting. Yeah. She's like not organized with it. I've heard it before too. It sounds a little like, bit like she's acting. Like she does bit. sound panicked, but it's like way too panicked for what the situation is. It's like, oh, my daughter's missing. Someone took her. Oh my God. And she's like freaking out. But yeah. it's like I said, she can't piece together sentences not in a i'm upset in the uh, i don't know what to say yeah like i'm not sure what's going on so it is a little bit suspicious i think um but one thing that really bungles this case right off the bat is after they call 911 and police are like dispatched to the house patsy ramsey starts calling everyone in her fucking phone book like mm -hmm. she calls friends she calls family members she calls everybody to come over and they come over to the house to console her Mm -hmm. And then when police arrive, they, so here's the issue with the, the whole police situation. The police really fucked up this case. Yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, the Ramseys aren't to blame for some of it. I'm, but you know what? The police are the professionals here. Mm -hmm. They should be the one to secure the situation. They did not. They admittedly said they were understaffed the day after Christmas the people working the case were not necessarily trained in homicide. They were just covering for whoever. And one of the female officers, again, not at all experienced in homicide, was left to kind of, like, deal with the family while the others went around and, like, asked questions, tried mm -hmm. to piece stuff together. So they're here at this house. Tons of people are walking around John Bonet's room, the house, the staircase, all this other crap that's going on. Nothing was secured, investigated, looked over before these people yep. are. So you're just fucking evidence right now. Because let's say you find a piece of evidence and there are fingerprints. There's tons of people in this house already. Yep. There's a possibility that it was already contaminated. You don't know that. Yep. Well, um, the other thing that I had heard is like they left the one officer to kind of like reign in the family. Yes. But she didn't set a perimeter of like, okay, just stay in this room because nope. we don't think there's evidence in this room. She just let them have free reign of yeah. the house. In fact, it. she did the exact opposite of what you were saying, which is how they found the body to begin with. So they went with the presumption that John Bonet was not in this house at all, that there had been an intruder and she was taken. Well, apparently, according to this officer, John Ramsey was just so beside himself, could not sit still, could not figure out what was going on. You know, just real, like, nervous energy. So she's like, here, calm you down. I want you to search the house for any pieces of evidence. Well, lo and behold, only, like, 15 minutes later, he comes piling in, and he's just freaking the fuck out. Because guess what? He finds John Bonet's dead body in there, what he called wine cellar, like, down in a basement mm -hmm. area. He was there by himself. Nobody knows if that body was ever there to begin with or if it had been moved. Like, there was just so much... Well potential tampering of but that, evidence that was the other thing is not only did he find the body he came out of the he basement carried her, yeah. carrying it uh -huh. and laid it down on the kitchen floor yeah and then patsy and ramsey lost her shit she was touching the body exactly. too which again you, i get it but you have to like as the police you have to keep the family separated you can't have them oh let's go search for clues it's not yeah. fucking scooby-doo yeah like <laughs> we're not playing clue right now exactly <laughs> And yeah. that was the other thing is I, I remember distinctly in some of the police reports, they were like, we searched the basement and didn't find anything. He went down there alone mm -hmm. and everyone lost sight of him, didn't know where he was. Yeah. And then he comes back up with her body. Like that was Yeah. So it's suspicious. very, it's very odd. It's very suspicious. Like you said. Uh, so then we have a dead body. We have a murder. Now it's not just mm -hmm. a ransom. We're not looking for John Bonet anymore because remember in that ransom note, they said that they would call the house. Do not call the police. 
They will call the house at 10 a.m. Well, 10 a.m. came and passed, and there was no phone call made to that house. It was late in the afternoon when they found John Bonet's mm-hmm. body. And although the family stuck with the the excuse, I guess you could say, that the reason that she was killed was because they had called the police, you don't really know that. Like, right. were they ever going to get that phone call? I don't know. I don't know. How was there ever that. even an intruder? That's the big question. Well, there's the questions there. So... From the get-go, you've got this homicide. They do an autopsy of this little girl. Uh, Apparently, she sustained a broken skull from, like, a really terrible blow to the head. But actually, her cause of death, they say, was strangulation with... uh, She had, like, this piece of rope tied around her neck with a garret, which I didn't know what this was, but Is that how you say it? It's called a garrot. So it's, like, it's basically just the two handles with, like, a wire or something that they use to strangle someone with. Yeah, like it makes it tighter, Mm -hmm. gives them more leverage or whatever. So she was killed that way. Um, The official report said asphyxiation by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. So obviously her death was ruled a homicide. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearly a suicide. (laughs) No, not even close. She's a six-year-old girl. So it's a homicide. They're dealing with this now. And now police are sort of shitting themselves because they're like, crap. We fucked up. This scene is not... The ideal situation for searching a homicide case. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find that early on because the first thing is all eyes kind of turn to the family. And with good reason. I kind of agree with this in the early days because the whole thing seemed really suspicious. Mm-hmm. They interview the family. They're like, first of all, Patsy Ramsey was the first one to find this ransom note. And they're saying she have she has these clothes that she put on from the, the night before. It's like a Christmas sweater and something else. And they're kind of questioning her because they're like, why would you do that? Like, you are a millionaire. You have tons of clothes. You've been... People have said, like, you change outfits multiple times a day. Why would you get up and put the same thing on? Where it kind of, like, alluded to the fact that maybe she didn't and she had been up all night trying to cover up evidence and yeah. just, like, never changed. That makes sense um another thing that people hypothesize that sort of came out during this entire investigation was i guess john benet had been uh having issues with bedwetting like this was a really big problem that she had started and patsy was really upset about it and they thought that there was a potential that she wet the bed again that night and patsy just fucking lost it and like killed her well Bedwetting in children can also be a sign of abuse. Yeah, um, sexual abuse especially, yeah. for sure. Which is, there was also sexual evidence of sexual assault there on was, her body. There was, yeah. So there was an actual, is, uh, like, um, they don't think there was actual penetration with, like, genitalia, let's say. But they think that a finger was placed inside of her. And there was, like, scrapings on the inside of her oh, vagina and stuff like that. that. And there was DNA found on her panties. And it wasn't DNA like semen. It was like DNA like skin cells yeah. and stuff like that. So somebody other than the Ramses, it was a DNA profile of a male other than the Ramses in the house. So you're like, okay, was it, was it not? There was another um, instance where people were saying that the little boy Burke, who was her older brother kind of had, like, a um, jealousy issue with JonBenet because she got a lot of attention. She was in, like, all these shows and stuff, and they think maybe he killed her. I have a hard time believing that one, too. He was so young, and it's like, if her cause of death was blunt force trauma, okay, maybe, but her cause of death was clearly strangulation. Like, no... Okay, if she was six, he was probably, what, like, ten? No ten-year-old is going to know how to do that. Right, he's not going to know how to use a garage. No, so uh, I don't really believe that too much unless of course he listened to like marilyn manson you know and then we can blame it on him or whatever because that was the popular thing in the 90s is like any bad thing happens like it's marilyn manson's fault no Got that satanic panic oh yeah um, best. <laughs> but i don't know i just i don't think it had anything to do with burke in my own honest opinion I, yeah I don't... And I don't think burke knew anything because even okay let's Let's say that it was either John or Patsy Ramsey. Like, even to this day, Burke has never come out and said that he knew anything. I truly don't believe that he knew anything about the crime. I don't think Burke. 
I think that as he, if he got to an adult age, like if I was in his situation, I don't know, but it, I knew one of my parents killed him and my sister's murder went unsolved for how many years? Like when you're an adult, at some point you're going to be like, all right. Yeah. He's like 35 up now. Here. Yeah. Like, um, but the, uh, and it's, it's interesting that they found like DNA that was other than the Benet or the Ramses, mm-hmm. excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a lot of evidence that points to the Ramses being the culprits. Yeah. And the, um, if I remember correctly, I might be wrong on this, but if I remember correctly, there was a uh, point where someone came forward and they're like, oh, um, Patsy, she can just like copy people's handwriting. Like she can just do different handwriting. They did handwriting analyses mm-hmm. and they're like, it's possible that she wrote this ransom note. Oh, 100%. I was just going to get to that. So. When they're doing the investigation on all this, they're looking closely at the ransom note. And for starters, she, um, the ransom note was taken out of a notepad that she had by the phone that she used to take down notes. And you could tell because when you flipped through her notepad, you can see the you can impression. see it. The impression, not only that, but you could see where somebody had started one, fucked it up, scribbled stuff out, and just ripped the page out and started a new one. Like you could tell that this was. And Not also, the first draft. Right. And then also, when they did a handwriting analysis, you're correct on that. They did a handwriting analysis. They confirmed it was not John's handwriting. But they were like, at the beginning of this note, it, you can tell that somebody had tried to disguise their handwriting. The slant was different on purpose. It was a slow, like really precise, mm-hmm. like you're purposely trying to. Towards the end, however... When you looked at her handwriting versus the handwriting here, things like her C's looked the same. She had a very distinct C where it would have like a sharp point at the end when it would circle around. Yeah. That person's C's was the same as hers. The way that she would like loop her eyes and stuff like that was exactly the same as hers. So they're like, it looks like Patsy Ramsey probably wrote this ransom yeah, note. And that. was it something to cover up? Like they killed her like, oh shit, what do we do? And again, they stayed up all night like thinking Covering of evidence this. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the other theory is that they had her killed because yeah. of that foreign DNA. But uh, I don't know. Like, that's the one thing that kind of throws a wrench in all the theories to me that, like, go with the family. Because it's mm-hmm. like, you found DNA that's not belonging to anyone they're related to. Yeah. Yet they maybe had to do with the cover-up. Like, at that point, why wouldn't you have the person that, like, let's say they hired someone to kill John Bonet for whatever reason, whatever they gain out of it. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have them just write the ransom note and all that stuff? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't know. you have them make a clean murder scene so that there's no evidence or something? You know, it. That's there's just... That's why this case is so old and it still has not been solved because it's so bizarre. And... Going back to, so we're going to cover multiple facets of it, like who the evidence against like the parents versus this person versus yeah. another person. Going back to the parents, like it's very suspicious that all of this happened in their house and they were not privy to anything happening, especially when like John Bonet, from what they claimed, was like totally passed out when they got home from their friend's house on Christmas. Yeah. They put her to bed, and then as far as they knew, she was not awake the rest of the night. Burke was in a room just down the hall from her. He didn't hear a single thing happen that whole night. So it's like, okay. This, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. Um, Well, the other, so here's the other thing. So there's the intruder um, theory. Yeah. One of the biggest disproving, like, points of the intruder theory is it's Colorado. And it's the day after Christmas. There's snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's no footprints in any of the... They, it hadn't snowed that night. Right. So nothing would have gotten covered up. There was no footprints in the snow leading to any of the other entrances aside from the front entrance. So they would have had to come in through the front door. Right. And the other A would have had to have a key or B, be let in. So that's the other like... That kind of points to the family because it's like, okay, it had to be someone who was already in the house. Yeah, and if they thought that, if they were trying to make it look like somebody else did it, you think they would have set that up at least a little bit and been like, oh, somebody must have come in through the basement or whatever where she was found, which I'll get to that in a minute when we start talking about evidence that's not towards the family. But as far as towards the family, another big portion of damning evidence for them that I think just completely like 
made them suspects number one to begin with, which was a stupid move on their part, is they refused to talk to the police alone. They would not talk to the police by themselves. Patsy and John, like, insisted that they were in the same room together. And they're like, you know that that makes you look like you're trying to be on the same story. Yeah. Because you can't corroborate. (laughs) See, now I understand if you're like, I don't want to talk to the police without a lawyer. Because you don't want to accidentally say something that the police go, oh, you're incriminated or whatever. Like, I understand that. But going, I need to be in the same room as my wife or my, like, that, exactly oh, like you said. Oh, and speaking of lawyers, not only did they get a lawyer, but they both got different lawyers, meaning that if they had a conflict of interest in the case, that they didn't have to, that lawyer didn't have to defend both of them. Uh, so, it, that also kind of, like, raised red flags. But then, they refused to talk to the police, but they would go in front of media, and they would tell their story. And that pissed the Boulder police off completely because they're like you're gonna go and fucking tell you know the national Enquirer this all these important details but you're refusing to talk to us why we're trying to solve this crime yeah they're just spreading it so it was it was also a weird like we're the victims here Mm -hmm. it was almost like they were trying to paint the picture oh they were 100 percent. if you ever watch those interviews with like john and patsy ramsey she is just freaking out telling people like we know who you are we're gonna find you and blah 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 and i'm like this is so unbelievable to Uh me like when i see it i'm like you don't look like parents who just lost a child you look like parents who are trying to cover your tracks it does it and it's like that's the thing is like do i think they actually like murdered her Probably not, but do I think they know a lot about who did? Yes, I think they know way more than they ever led on to. And then come to the most important evidence that I think was found is that when they did an autopsy on John Bonet, she had undigested pineapple chunks in her stomach. And according to John and Patsy's story that they corroborated together because they refused to be interviewed alone, they came home. John Bonet was passed out even before they got home. Carried her up to her bedroom. She went to sleep. End of story. Yep. Did not feed her pineapple. There was, however, when they got into the house to do an investigation, a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen where she clearly had gotten the pineapple from. And the only fingerprints on this bowl were Burke's and Patsy Ramsey's. So it's like, okay, how does she get the pineapple then? Like, yeah. she just didn't get up and... And I don't know, like, I can't really speak to whether Patsy Ramsey was psycho enough to just snap because her daughter was bedwetting all the time. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it past her. She seemed like a pretty high-strung lady. Like, uh-huh. she was kind of crazy. So, I don't know. Um, it, and that's the thing that sucks about, like, unsolved stuff, especially something that was blundered this bad, is it's like, <sighs> we'll never fucking know. No, probably not. And that's a sad thing. And as the uh, investigation progressed, more and more people were kind of jumping on the bandwagon of like, yeah, we think the family has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Like this two and two just does not make sense. Yeah. These are not matching up. And just to fast forward a little bit, three years later in 1999, uh, a Colorado grand jury actually indicted the parents. Um, They cited that two counts each of child abuse were to be put charged against them and they said that the parents did unlawfully knowingly recklessly and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed the threat of injury to the child's life or health which resulted in the death of john bonnet ramsey a child under the age of 16 so they actually got indicted right however they were never charged with anything they were never taken to trial and it was just kind of like okay like we at the end of the day they just really couldn't pin anything on them it was so vague and i don't know if that was on purpose or just like dumb luck that it was i don't know uh, again i have other things to talk about in this discussion yeah that is will kind of sway and maybe make you think it wasn't the parents but i can say without any doubt they knew more than they, what they were letting they knew on something to. yeah absolutely so then let's go ahead and jump into um, one of the people who was a suspect that was not the family. Um, there was this guy that they were all friends with. His name was Bill McReynolds. That uh, he actually played. Sam- he was like this older gentleman. He had a white beard and white hair, and he was just this like wholesome, like kind of like grandpa-like dude mm-hmm. who came over to the Ramsey's house on Christmas Eve, and he played Santa Claus for them. And 
the reason that he was coming up as a suspect is, one, because he actually had a child who had been stolen and, like, given a ransom note for back in the day. Hmm. Which they thought was very weird. But also, Bill McReynolds had a really... I don't want to say weird. I want to say, like, interesting relationship with John Bonet. Like, he really liked her. She really, really liked him because he played Santa and he was just, like, this grandpa-like character. Yeah. So he would always, like, joke around with her and spend a lot of time with her. And I... From what people had said, they didn't find it weird. Like, he was, like, creepy pedo guy. But more so, like, yeah, he did pay a lot of attention to John Bonet. Maybe because she was this cute little girl who was like, oh, Santa. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um... But he was kind of a suspect there because they're like, well, he had gone up to John Bonet's room with her that night. She wanted to show him something. Maybe he like was plotting how to get into the house the next day. Things like that. Um, I don't know if I totally believe that because aside from the weird like ransom note with his child, like there's not a huge that his DNA did not match the DNA down yeah. there in the basement. Um, one thing that was kind of weird about him is he loved the media attention when people were interviewing him like he loved to get in front of the camera and talk about it which i thought was kind of like maybe showboating that he did it but it could have just been this older dude being like attention yeah exactly (laughs) somebody wants to pay attention to me you know well and people love their five seconds of fame you get on the news even if it's for something horrific they're like oh how's my hair like Mm -hmm. even you know your kid dies you don't go out there just like crying your eyes out covered in running mascara you're okay let me look good for the media mm-hmm. like and so this dude who's pretty i wouldn't say far removed i mean he knew her but like he wasn't super close to it. he's not a immediate like family or friends, something no. so all of a sudden a bunch of news reporters knocking on your door going do you know what happened uh let me put on my nice suit and talk exactly and- and the only other weird thing that I can think of with this situation and Bill McReynolds is that he, as Santa Claus, when he was talking to John Bonet, he told her specifically, something is going, like, something, I can't remember the exact verbiage for it, but it was like, something is going to happen to you after Christmas. And that's kind of what he said. And people were like, what did he mean by that? But that's kind of just a general statement that you could make. Like, something's uh-huh. good's going to happen. Like, you're getting a bike. Or, you know, maybe yeah. he knew that she was getting a bike because she did get a bike that Christmas. Yeah. Like, who knows? So, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, like I said, there was sexual trauma. But, again, there was no... There was a little bit of DNA found on her underwear. But it didn't match anybody that they had right. suspected. It didn't even match the family. So, it was kind of like... Is that just coincidence? John I don't Doe. know. Yeah, like, who knows? So, I don't know. Um, so then let's go into some other intruder theories, because that's what the family was really banking on, is they were saying, like, somebody got into our house. Somebody definitely broke into our house. There's no way that anybody would ever know that. The police were sort of wishy-washy, and they, in fact, said, like, it's not possible that anybody got into your house, because, like you said, there was no footprints found anywhere mm-hmm. there was no forced entry no like all everything was secure the doors and windows were secure so then the family um hired their own like private investigator because they're like the boulder police suck at their job in all fairness they did suck at their job because that day well not only that day but they said like the boulder police were just absolutely not prepared for a case of this magnitude it's a small town in colorado there are very few homicides that happen there they just weren't in right. it to win it. Like, they did not get something like this. Yeah. They weren't prepared. So, that being said, they kind of were just like, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. And so, the private investigator comes out. He's working alongside with them. But keep in mind, he's always working for the Ramses. Mm-hmm. And he is like, well, what about the cellar window to get into the place where her body was found? Because the black the glass is broken and john ramsey had admitted he's like i broke that a couple weeks back which could have been confirmed he locked himself out he broke the window out yeah to get into the house and they're like well there's no way that somebody could get in there and the private investigator's like yes there is because he used to be a homicide detective he was a retired homicide detective is what he was doing and he demonstrated himself like this adult male crawled through that window no problem and mm-hmm. they and then they were kind of like 
shit, like somebody could have actually come in and we would have never known it. So that was, that would explain why there was this DNA on her that was nobody the family knew. There was already a broken window. Yeah. As far as the footprints go, I don't know how he got over there, but is it possible? Maybe. And and here's the other problem though. So he wrote a five page ransom letter with Mm -hmm. the notepad that is next to the phone. Criminals who break in don't typically go, I'm going to sit around. Hang in the house, right? Yeah. It's, it's you're in, you're out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's. And you know, he was in the house, he quote unquote was in this house because it was from Patsy's notebook. Right. So he had to have done it then. And on top of that, like, so ransom note itself, it was like five pages long, extremely detailed. When you write a ransom note, I'm sorry, Justin, but when I write a ransom note, (laughs) I am going to be insanely not detailed about, I'm going to be like, I have your kid. I'm calling you at 10. You better have $119,000. End of story. Yeah. You don't give who you are or your purpose for stealing her. Yeah, exactly. It was a whole like manifesto. Yeah. And there was like, like we said earlier, there was some like terrorist group that they said it was tied Mm -hmm. to and they wanted, they wanted the money to like fund some like terrorist organization activities. Like that was the whole, like I said, it, it was a really long ransom note that would have taken like maybe an hour to write like, and they hand wrote it, which means there'd be fingerprints all over that fucking paper. Yeah. But there really wasn't except for Patsy Ramsey's and then it was kind of like her handwriting too. So, but I don't know. Like Mm. it just, it didn't make sense to me at all. When you write a ransom note, you are not going to write this like gigantic manifesto. Like you said, it's going to be like, you owe me this money. And that's again, like people, that's where a lot of the conspiracy theories came in is they're like, okay, the Ramseys didn't murder her because there's no evidence to say they did, but they knew and they were trying to cover up what happened so that they wouldn't actually get in trouble or like, you know, again, it's like they get into the Illuminati and all this crap where they're like, oh, they had to cover up or else they would have been killed too. I don't know. I don't understand that at all. But apparently nobody else did because this crime still to this day is not solved. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a couple of years after it happened, they went through... You know, they hired their own PI. They found this investigation. They found that. They went to a grand jury. Um, Family was never actually charged with anything. Years later, and I want to say this was in like 2004, uh, Patsy Ramsey actually gets breast... No, she got ovarian cancer. That's what it was. She had ovarian cancer. Uh, And she ends up passing away. So there goes a big part of your evidence. Um, oh, also, oh, I forgot about this part. That is more damning for the parents. So the the policewoman who was handling the situation the day of that totally fucked up and let John Ramsey go and do his thing, while they're looking, they're still looking for John Bonet, assuming that she's going to be alive. Like immediately after they make the nine one one call and everybody shows up at the house, he's in the other room making travel plans to go to Michigan. Like that mm-hmm. same week. And it was like... I remember that. Why are you guys planning on leaving when your daughter's missing? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. So that was pretty damning. Um, yeah. Like I said, back in... I think I want to say it was 2004. Maybe it was 2001. I don't remember. It was early 2000s. Patsy Ramsey ended up passing away. Yeah. The same time, like, she passed away. And then a couple of years later, we get this random confession for... The responsibility of John Bonet's murder from a guy by the name of John Mark Carr. Yeah. John Mark Carr was a pedophile known in the United States. He had fled the U.S., moved to Thailand, where he became a school teacher. Very appropriate profession for a pedophile, by the way. Yeah. Came back to the U.S., made this big old long confession about how he was there the night that John Bonet had died. And that she had died in his arms and he had this like obsession with her and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Well, for lack of um, a really long story for you guys, because I don't want to get it. He wasn't the one who did it. Right. There was absolutely no evidence to prove that he did. He couldn't corroborate half of the evidence that they had as it being him. 
There was another guy, and again, I was watching a documentary on this. I don't remember what his name was. He had like a shrine of John Bonet Ramsey, and he was also a known like sex offender for children in the area. He was not responsible for it either. He was in jail, I think, during the time of her murder. So that one got cleared off. Yeah. So it was kind of just like, okay, who actually did kill this little girl? Like, there's it's, no evidence that yeah. really points in any particular direction that you can definitively be like, oh, I think it's Other them. than it was murder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just a little side note to tie this story to one of our other stories. Remember when we did the Dwight Lehman Jones uh-huh. Um and he killed that forensic psychiatrist, Stephen Pitt. Well, Stephen Pitt actually did quite a bit in this investigation. He was a forensic psychiatrist. He was working for the, I want to say the the private investigator. I don't think it was the Boulder Police Department. I think it was for the private investigator that Ramsey's hired. Right. And he sat in during much of the trials and all that good stuff. So he was very involved. And he actually helped write a book that I read many years back on the JonBenet Ramsey case. So yeah. just as a little tie-in. Well, and for more uh, topical tie-in, he also worked with Kobe Bryant on the Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. cases in the early 2000s. He did, yeah. And unfortunately, Kobe Bryant, I mean, passed away in an untimely way. Um, but but yeah. there was also accusations against him, so you got to keep, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> got to keep that in mind. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, but the, anyway, back to this case. That's uh, that's the problem. This case is so ambiguous and so just like there's so many unknowns and so many potential factors that like could screw up this investigation. That's why conspiracy conspiracy theories are running rampant. There's and then that's you know the police blunders and the contamination of the evidence and the scenes and everything. That's really hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, with how many people were coming and going, that's the other thing is you could have you know the dna on the the underwear could have just been someone that came and went and they didn't test their dna to see if it matched and it could have just been a again you know if it's skin cells or something that could have you know rubbed off on something that fell onto her or whatever because you have it's just so much contamination so much shit that's fucked up so much room to cover evidence so much room to make up a story so much room to try and make this seem more malicious i shouldn't say more malicious i mean murder is pretty fucking malicious but uh more like of a crazier crime or like distance yourself from the crime Mm -hmm. they had so much time to do that they sure did and it's just it's kind of a it's a shitty situation it's sad because i truly do not believe that they're ever going to get closure on this case like there is just so much shit that got screwed up from day one that you can't really recover from that. I mean, yeah. you really can't. Unless you... Short of somebody coming forward and being like, I did this. And then them testing positive for DNA. Yeah, I don't think... Them being able to give details that the media doesn't necessarily know. I don't think it's going to ever be solved. No. Um, but I don't know. In your opinion, Justin, just off of the evidence that they have, who do you think actually did it? Do you think the family was involved? Do you think it was somebody else? It's like I said earlier, I think there was someone else, but I think the family knew mm-hmm. and... I don't, like I said, I don't think the family killed anyone, but I do think they participated in the orchestration and the cover-up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many things that are, like you said, one, you know, two and two don't add up, but also other parts of it are too perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many things that you can tell are just orchestrated and aren't organic, mm-hmm. but other things that are... Like, the organic pieces don't match up. So, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I'm in agreement with that one. I don't think that the family actually did it. There's a lot of evidence that points towards it, but I just don't, I don't know. I think they know something. I think at least Patsy knew something. Yeah. I don't know about John. He was pretty much a stonewall the entire time, but Patsy just seemed like she was really faking that shit, like laying uh-huh. it on thick. Mm-hmm. But she's dead, so you're never going to know that. I yeah. don't think that Burke knew anything because I, why wouldn't he have come forward at this point? Right. Like, what does he have to lose? His mom's already gone. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Well, I'm out of pizza. 
And I'm almost out of wine. And I'm out of stuff to talk about with this case. Like I said, I didn't really research it. I just kind of wanted to discuss. Yeah. Because it's an interesting case. It's a big case. I don't know if it's something that we ever will cover because I could literally write like five episodes on this. And the thing is that everybody covers the John Benet Ramsey case. I just wanted to talk about it because it's interesting. Yeah. It's more of an informal speaking episode. Exactly. Just what, what you know, what you heard kind yeah. of thing. There's lots of uh, documentaries and books out there and lots of them are very slanted to one side. I've watched some that it's like all about the parents being the murderers and I've watched some where it's like, oh, absolutely not. It's definitely an intruder and you're just kind of like... It's just like the O.J. Simpson case mm-hmm. from around the same time. Yeah. It's, there's so much ambiguity and there's so much that we don't know for sure. That's true. That it's... Except I kind of know O.J. already did it, but... <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> He's out but of prison now. We gotta be careful. If the glove don't fit, Justin... Anyways, um, all right. Well, I guess we're done with this episode of yeah. the uh, Wine, Dine, and True Crime. If you guys have any additional comments that we left out for the John Benet Ramsey case, feel free to leave us a note um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the above. Um, Do you have any Twitter followers? I don't know. I know I I post stuff on Twitter. I legit don't know how to use Twitter. So, so I don't either. And the the thing is, I do check occasionally if we have followers. We have a bunch of followers on Instagram. On oh, Instagram's killing and, it, you guys. Um, <laughs> Southless Crime and Strangely Dangerous both have like a bunch of followers on Instagram. Yeah. I don't think I have a single follower on Twitter, and I'm like, I don't know how Twitter works, so I don't. I don't either. Care. I'm so old when it comes to this shit like that. But if you're like, hey. uh... I want to follow someone on Twitter. I don't know, follow us. I don't fucking know. Go for it. We only post stuff that's useful. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I don't post crap on there. I just post like every time we have a blog mm-hmm. or a uh, episode go up. So. Yep. So you heard us, guys. Go follow us on Twitter and make us figure out how to use it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, we'll be back next week with a full-length episode promise we won't be lazy and eat in your ear but i have to say this pizza was really great and i will put the recipe up on the internet if you want to be daring and try to make it yourself i i would ask add a like garlic and herb butter to the crust because the crust was a little bland it was Um, just plain pizza crust yeah i guess you could do that that would that sounds pretty good but pineapple belongs on pizza just fyi it always has and it always will Mm -hmm. all right we will see you next week bye bye This has been a Strangely Dangerous production. Stay strange. Stay dangerous.